Will plastic surgery make me look like plastic? Is liposuction a waste of time? Will I gain all my weight back once the surgery is done? Well, just like you, I come across these questions often too. Are these myths or do they have any basis? Let's find out. Hi, I'm Shweta Bhatia and I'm a registered dietitian. Welcome to my podcast Mind Your Fitness. In today's episode, we are joined by a very distinguished guest, Dr. Siddharth Prakash. and we're going to get into topics like plastic surgery liposuction of course all about keto and last but not the least all about who is eligible to talk about nutrition and who is not but before that let me introduce you to the guest on the show dr siddharth prakash is one of the leading plastic surgeons in mumbai he has vast experience with liposuction body contouring breast surgery facial plastic surgery and non-surgical rejuvenation besides reconstructive plastic surgery he has done an operative fellowship in cosmetic and craniofacial surgery at the prestigious harvard medical school he's an active member of the international society of aesthetic plastic surgeons he has been selected amongst the top doctors of mumbai for the past 4 years by outlook and india today magazines He currently practices at Leelawati and Jaslok Hospital in Mumbai and at his own clinic by the name Ambrosia Aesthetics at Lokanwala Mumbai. So my first question to you is about plastic surgery and whenever we use that term I think uh, people really you know look at it with a certain perception and it has this sort of a sense of you know on your beauty component that's attached to plastic surgery. So can you tell us what exactly is plastic surgery and who is it recommended for if it is recommended ever? Yeah so that's a good question because common people don't understand that like various branches of medicine and there are different types of sur- surgeries and in today's era of specialization and super special specialization plastic surgery is one branch of medicine and it's a very vast branch so it covers a lot of things like reconstructive plastic surgery for example if someone has had cancer surgery then they may need a reconstructive procedure to make them look normal again to make them uh, behave and have good function again it deals with the uh, childhood deformities when uh, babies are born with birth defects a plastic surgery is what corrects those defects then uh, major traumas like uh, having a um, really bad accident where your uh, where a body part gets crushed plastic surgery covers that branch as well when people lose their fingers by you know or their whole hand then reattaching that limb is also plastic surgery so plastic surgery even burn surgery is plastic surgery so plastic surgery is a vast branch and cosmetic plastic surgery which is aesthetic surgery which is you know the improving somebody's appearance and looks is only one part of plastic surgery so that is also you know um, it it there is a lot of things right so yeah so now that we know that plastic surgery is so vast and uh, you know cosmetic surgery or anything that to that has to do with beauty is just one part can you tell us a little bit about liposuction what exactly is liposuction hmm so liposuction is one uh, one certain surgery under cosmetic plastic surgery in fact it is the most common cosmetic plastic surgery procedure done worldwide it is a min- minimally invasive procedure where fat is suctioned out from certain body parts so uh, what is done is that a small keyhole like a uh, port is made in one of the hidden areas of the body and then uh, a, a certain solution which is called a tumescent solution is injected into 
the fatty layer from where uh, from where we need to reduce uh, the fat and that fat is suctioned out and this is done in a way in which uh, i try to improve the shape of that particular body part so th- that is basically liposuction it does not leave any big marks no stitches are needed uh, the healing process is straightforward simple short quite easy to recover from okay so like on the topic of spot reduction i always tell my mm. clients that with diet and exercise you can't really lose fat from a certain region right and the science behind it is that uh, and you're also aware of this that uh, you know the regional deposition of fat and the mobilization from that area depends upon your hormonal profile right and your uh, genetic uh, susceptibility to store or the, your genetic tendency because fat cells have input gates and output gates as we call them the receptors and uh, if someone has more receptors on a certain area for storage then they store so that's what we call as the problem areas and if some person has more uh, you know output receptors on a certain region then that's not their problem area so for example when i lose fat my face becomes thin really quickly but my stomach takes longer to move hmm. so the diet and the exercise regime cannot really target those areas right but i think liposuction can so what do you yeah. have to say about that yeah so that is actually how we can understand for whom liposuction is indicated who should be undergoing a liposuction per se so even after all our attempts at uh, being close to our ideal body weight most people will agree that they have certain problem areas of their body they would say that my hips are my problem area or my tummy is my problem area or many men would say that my chest is my problem area so what they mean is that when they put on even a little bit of weight it first shows up in those areas and even when they are trying to lose weight that's the last area from where the fat is mobilized and is lost so these are stubborn pockets of fat which are difficult to lose now all of us have our limitations and in spite of our best efforts we have these problem areas from where the fat does not get mobilized easily so liposuction is meant to address the fat deposition in these particular areas it's it's meant for those stubborn fat deposits which just does not budge in spite of all your efforts at diet and exercise and so like you said liposuction is the only way of spot reduction and like you would agree that there is no exercise to make spot reduction happen so if someone were to be looking for spot reduction in particular it would be only possible through liposuction so we both agree that uh, the diet and the exercise always comes first absolutely absolutely right so when do you think or when would you recommend supposing a patient came to you and is really overweight and uh, has come to you for advice on undergoing liposuction what would be your advice to them correct so this is rule number 1 this is if you have one take home message from this is that liposuction is not a tool for weight loss it is not you don't undergo liposuction to lose weight so if you are a person who is overweight who is uh, uh, who is many kilos above their ideal body weight then they do not even have to think about liposuction they need to be on a structured diet plan on an exercise regime under a qualified intelligent uh, nutrition expert like yourself who would guide them through their weight loss journey so if you were to come to me and tell me that oh i need to lose 5 kilos i need to lose 7 kilos i would refuse liposuction because liposuction is not meant for that it's not meant for morbidly obese people it is meant for people who are closer to their ideal body weight so you are already on a structured diet plan with a nutrition expert you are already on an exercise regime basically you are leading a healthy lifestyle 
you know so and you are comfortable in your lifestyle you are already comfortable eating and exercising in a certain way which has given you results but there are certain problem areas which refuse to budge and liposuction is for those people who are close to their ideal body weight but need to lose fat from certain body areas it is not for morbidly obese people great and uh, are there certain precautions that one needs to you know sort of observe before they undergo uh, these kind of surgeries yeah so like any other surgical procedure uh, we have to give it due importance it cannot be done frivolously it cannot be done by an unqualified person so the first precaution would be to find the the right doctor for it and only a fully qualified experienced plastic surgeon should be attempting to do uh, liposuction even though it is a safe procedure it should be done by the right person nowadays because you know it's becoming so popular in um, everyday literature uh, like in every other profession there are quacks who you know, think that it's very simple and they can do it you have to treat it like a proper surgical procedure and uh, there is due diligence so before a surgical procedure you need to undergo certain blood tests to see that you are fit for surgery fit for anesthesia you need to prepare uh, prepare uh, you know a few days in advance and uh, for healthy young people there are we, you don't need to worry too much they they you don't need to be scared of the procedure it's a safe procedure safety profile is uh, very high i've done liposuctions on diabetics on hypertensives on 70 year old people on children so otherwise it's just basic general precaution that you would need to take before any surgical procedure okay so uh, dr siddharth are there any uh, you know things that one should observe after the surgery Mm-hmm. and especially uh, you know i think a lot of people need to know how they can maintain the results because you can't keep on undergoing surgery after surgery yeah absolutely so that is why i said that you need to be on a structured diet and exercise regime and you need to be comfortable in your lifestyle so if you are comfortable in your lifestyle you would be more uh, comfortable maintaining your current body weight and that is the only long term precaution that is needed you should maintain your current body weight and the results of liposuction will stay with you lifelong immediately after the procedure you need do need a few days off even off work you need at least 3 to 5 days to recover from it you can't really just rush from a liposuction to your workplace um your skin will have a bit of a swelling though other people may not notice it you won't be exactly camera ready so if you have a liposuction today you can't face the camera tomorrow you need to have a few days off you need to wear a kind of a compression garment which is like a tight corset it holds the skin in place it reduces swelling it makes your recovery faster that compression garment is to be worn for about 2 to 4 weeks you know and uh, that is how long it takes for you to become completely natural and uh, camera ready again other than that maintaining your body weight is the only long term precaution that i would uh, say though uh, the results after liposuction are uh, very long lasting if not permanent the capacity of a certain body area to store fat is permanently reduced so it will be much easier for you to keep your weight off those body parts but it is still very important for you to be on a good um, diet so liposuction is not a shortcut it's an add on you cannot substitute uh, liposuction for a good diet and in uh, some cases with certain people you cannot substitute diet for a good liposuction you know right Okay and uh, you know like i always say the diet and the exercise always comes first and Absolutely. that's actually 95% of the job done right there Absolutely and uh, of course with the maintaining results uh, i think 
beauty is or cosmetic reasons for doing uh, you know following a good diet and exercise regime is just one aspect i always say that it's your health first Correct. so uh, apart from maintaining results it also gives you health and you know makes you keeps you fitter so that's uh, the other reason or the main reason why one should continue maintaining their yeah. lifestyle yeah. in a healthy e- manner even if you were to lose uh 2 3 4 kilos of fat by liposuction it wouldn't really change your metabolic uh, state much that would only come with uh, a good diet plan and you know losing a lot of weight all over the body if you were obese right are there any common myths about uh, liposuction like do you come across some frequently asked questions where people come with their fears about the surgery before they undergo the procedure yeah there are so many myths and the newspapers are not helping at all the foremost is what we've already discussed that liposuction is not a weight loss procedure so most people walk in thinking that it's a shortcut and then they won't need to you know go and lose weight by other means or change their diet in any way they just feel that they can continue eating all the rubbish that they want to eat and just undergo a liposuction it will help them get rid of all the weight so that is a myth you have to follow a healthy lifestyle you have to need you you do need to be close to your um, ideal body weight and only then will i agree to do your uh, liposuction so that we can you know maintain those results for long um it is not for the morbidly obese so those are the the most common myths then the other myth is that uh, the fat that you lose via liposuction comes back very quickly and that is absolutely wrong uh, liposuction is a permanent reduction in your fat storing capacity of that body part and if you were to maintain your current body weight you would keep your results lifelong so it that fat is not going to rush back uh, very quickly um, and uh, if you are on a good lifestyle again that's the caveat then there are other myths you know where people feel that uh, liposuction is a very dangerous plastic surgical procedure where you are risking your life and all that liposuction is one of the safest surgical procedures possible there is no cut no big uh, incisions we are it's a minimally invasive procedure the body recovers very quickly from it my intervention is limited only to the superficial fatty layer but uh, anesthesia is used right oh yes absolutely so we have to do it under general anesthesia most of the time so you have to be fit enough to uh, undergo the procedure so it is a safe procedure it is you know the safety profile of liposuction would be comparable to a simple appendix surgery or a simple hernia surgery so it's not dangerous or life threatening at all it does not affect any other major organ systems the other myth that uh, many uh, many people have uh, many people just toss in the air is about uh, embolism and fat entering your blood vessels and going to your heart so this is not common at all it is a very freakishly rare event it is as rare as a plane crash for all you know you know so overall uh, liposuction is quite safe or uh, the other thing that people talk about is uh, liposuction giving a very unnatural appearance where your body will become disproportionate what they are probably trying to think about is that if you liposuction one part of your body then that uh, area will look disproportionately thinner and then your rest of your body will become fatter or you know put on more fat that is also not true when liposuction is done by an experienced plastic surgeon the results are very natural and proportionate and uh, people won't be able to tell that you've had a surgery So does that also mean that if the fat storage is reduced in the area where you've done the liposuction will it be stored more in other areas when they start gaining weight is that a possibility that is the reason for which i say that the only long term precaution that is needed is to maintain your current body weight if you're maintaining your current body weight there's no question of fat accumulating here or there but if you were to gain a few kilos so suppose you gain up couple of kilos or two or three kilos 
it won't really show up, especially not in the area which has undergone liposuction. As compared to earlier before surgery, if your thighs were your problem areas and you gained 3 kilos, you would notice that all that fat has gone to my thighs. That disproportionate problem area situation of the body would be solved. Now, if you completely go haywire and you gain 5 kilos or 10 kilos, it has to show up somewhere. It will show up less in the areas that have been liposuctioned. It will probably show up a little bit more in the other areas. So you have to keep a watch on your overall body weight, if not for appearance, more so for your health and your, uh, you know, to be metabolically fit and healthy. So basically, patient ko aap tak pahunchne se pehle mere se guzarna hoga. Absolutely, yes. That is the bottom line. Okay. Can plastic surgery go wrong? And while we are on the topic of quacks, you know, there are many centers that promote these surgeries. So what's your yeah. take on that? And can yeah. it be fixed once it's gone wrong? I would feel that like in all professions, you have bad apples. So more so in this profession, which is becoming more and more commercial, there are people who are not qualified, who are not trained, but are riding the bandwagon. They know that this is a popular procedure and they are trying to hoodwink people into, you know, making them believe that they are they are a cosmetic surgeon. And we don't even know if they are a surgeon. Now, the patient has to do their due diligence. You have to find a person who is qualified. You should You should ask them if you have a problem. Ask them, what are your qualifications? What is your experience? How many years have you been operating from? Yeah, because it's common, especially in our country, to choose uh, the consultant, especially the healthcare consultant, based on the their celebrity client base. Absolutely, and it it is this problem happens more so with uh, celebrities, maybe probably because they just follow each other to the wrong person. But if unfortunately, if you'll see, most of the celebrities end up with an unqualified or an underqualified person, and that is one of the most important uh, due diligence homeworks that you can do: find a properly qualified person. And uh, uh, when you are with an, with an authentic doctor who cares for your well-being, he would recommend this procedure to you only if you actually need it. If you are undergoing a procedure that you don't actually need, that is when the question of, you know, plastic surgery gone wrong and not getting the results that you expect comes into the picture. So it, it is like any other surgical procedure. If it is done by the wrong person in the wrong way for the wrong reasons, then there can be problems. But... Uh, um, more or less, when it's done properly, there are no problems that we are expecting. Right. So basically, we need to choose our healthcare consultants after we do our own homework because it's our health, our responsibility. So we need to check their credentials, their qualifications, uh, their experience in managing a condition which is similar to yours. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, their client base. Absolutely. That's the last on the list. Yeah. Great. So what about, you know, some of the fads that you've heard of in terms of diet, uh, you know, when patients come to you, what are the crazy, some of the crazy things you've heard or yeah, you've had to have oh, to deal with? I hear new ones every day. I always think that I've heard them all. <laughs> the most common and the one that I would like to take head on immediately is the fear of fat. People are just so afraid of fat and this has been ingrained over decades of misinformation that has originated from financially driven biased pharma research. Uh, there is no other answer to it. People are really afraid of fat. Now, things are changing a little bit, but that fear is so ingrained that it will take a while before it is taken away completely. People have to understand that fat is not what is making you fat. And you will be able to answer this question better. But just to put it there, 
most people who are on very low fat diets or very very calorie deprived diets don't do well in terms of their health even in terms of long term weight loss and it is not the right thing to do they need to overcome this fear yeah i mean you would be able to add more pointers to this so basically you know i think we need to stop calling it weight loss and we need to start calling it fat loss because mm. weight loss is about the amount of fat you've lost finally mm. so a low calorie diet or a low fat diet can probably bring the uh, you know numbers down on the scale but it might not help you to redo your muscle and fat balance in the body which is your body composition yeah and uh, as you pointed out correctly that uh, you know media and celebrities they play such a strong role in promoting this idea of uh, you know uh, diets so these days uh, we see a lot of celebrities you know actors and doctors who talk about nutrition and you know they give out this gyan and their advice and uh, you know as a result of which millions of people who follow them get influenced by that advice but uh, you know it's absolutely unethical because they have ap- no background in uh, nutrition or you know physiology or biochemistry and as a doctor you understand that so what's your take on this it's very unfortunate when role models behave like they are experts in a field where they have no say at all so uh, i also want to point out that uh, even doctors do this they give <laughs> our nutrition advice yeah absolutely i mean uh, we have hardly been taught in detail about uh, the current nutritional uh, you know methods and we've not been ta- taught about weight loss and uh, diets we know a bit about metabolism i mean we know a lot about metabolism but we've not taught how to help a patient go through a weight loss journey that is your uh, that is your expertise and i think doctors should leave it to the nutritional experts to guide them properly rather than feed into the fears of fat and cholesterol and heart disease blah blah we have to keep ourselves in check as well right and uh, while we are on the topic again uh, you know everybody wants to hear about your journey on uh, the keto diet yeah. and how you got started and who you consulted yeah for the diet yeah <laughs> yeah so i have to publicly admit that uh, shweta has been the reason for uh, me being on the low carb high fat keto diet for the past 5 years and i'm very very happily settled into this way of eating and living um so just to give you a perspective i've always been chubby i have gained weight in a matter of days if i let go for 3 days i'm someone else and it shows up everywhere and uh, i remember the first time i was about to touch 100 kilos is when i decided that i'll have to do something about it i don't want to touch that magical figure of 100 kilos because then it's all you know so it's so difficult to come back from i was already a medical student then so i knew a lot about nutrition and all that so i went on a low fat diet and i uh, ran kilometers and kilometers and uh, ate only salads and uh, boiled chicken like uh, everyone else uh, believes is the right way to go about it and i lost a lot of weight no doubt about that i lost weight i was skinny i was thin and uh, i was not muscular of course but but i did lose weight and i thought that oh i have done it you know and uh, how long can you eat boiled chicken and salad for so as soon as you let go and return all the fat returns as well so that yo yo thing happened to me at least twice and uh, the third time i was just ready to give up when uh, shweta told me that uh, you should try this particular style of eat- eating which she sounded very very uh, confident and very naturally healthy way for her and i was 
I was in complete disbelief that you can actually eat so much fat and still lose weight. But uh, when you start touching 100 kilos for the third time, you are willing to try anything, you know. So I still remember the first day that I ate a high fat, low carb uh, meal. And I, I just cannot, I just can never forget that feeling. Because the next morning was the first time in my life when I skipped breakfast. First time in my life, I was absolutely not hungry at all to have breakfast. And that was the automatic intermittent fasting for me for the first time in my life. And that one meal itself gave me, gave me so much of insight into it, you know, because I am a person who just complete foodie, complete foodie. But you, when you've eaten a four egg omelette with all the yolks and a lot of cheese on top of it, and still the next day morning, you don't feel like eating and you, in three days, you're losing weight. It's, it all seems magical to you. Uh, I read up a lot about it and uh, understood that how this diet, uh, how this way of eating counters through so much of misinformation that we've been fed over the years, just garbage. And uh, how it helped me in my everyday life, I automatically am um, not hungry the whole day, but my energy levels are always high and uh, I my cravings are uh, rock bottom. And uh, it's been five years and it's going to go on forever, hopefully. Because that is, this is the way of eating and living that I'm enjoying and works for me. I'm most comfortable with it. Right. So since you said that you're following it since five years, we yeah. automatically understand that it is sustainable for you. Yes, right? absolutely. When people say that, oh, how can you sustain that forever? Why can you not? You're getting to eat the, you know, the yummiest of foods. You're keeping your weight in check. Your cholesterol comes down, your, uh, your body fat percentage is coming down, your muscle mass is maintained, your skin glows, your hair grows back, your eyesight improves, everything good is happening, acidity is not there anymore. Uh, it's, it's only natural for you to sustain it forever. You understand that this is just how it's supposed to be. I remember you telling me once uh, that, you know, you can perform actually an eight-hour surgery without having to eat or worry about hunger. Yeah, when you are on the diet. Absolutely. So if I have a long surgery ahead of me, I would never dare eat before that. Because this way of eating keeps me on a constant, steady energy level for a long time. And um, I would uh, just mess it all up by eating just before a surgery. I'm never low on energy and especially don't want to be low on energy in the middle of a surgery. Wow. Okay. So give us five tips from uh, what you follow. Uh, you know, what you think is a healthy lifestyle and how is it that people can continue maintaining that youthfulness or go into this anti-aging mode? You would be the best person to guide them. So the one thing I would say is that if you need to lose weight, if you need to lose body fat, you have to be on a structured diet. It has to be something that agrees with you and only a qualified, scientifically sound, modern nutritional expert will be able to guide you through your weight loss journey. It's different for everybody else. It's different for Shilpa Shetty. It's different for John Abraham. It's different for me. It's different for you. So I wouldn't really give advice, but I would, I would, I could tell you things that have worked for me that I do stick by. I have overcome my fear of fat and fat really keeps me satiated. My energy levels constant. It has improved a lot of things about my health. It has improved my skin, my hair, my uh, a lot of things. So I have been able to overcome my fear of fat. And I understand that fat is very important for your health. So under no circumstances would I be on a low-fat diet again. Proteins 
are absolutely, absolutely important. And some people are afraid that proteins would damage their kidneys or blah, blah, blah. You have to have adequate, even in fact, more than adequate amount of protein in your diet. That is one thing. When you are having adequate protein and fat, automatically, you're not hungry all the time. So for me, what works is very few large meals. I'm not a small eater. And I don't want to be like that. So when uh, my cardiology colleagues tell me that, oh, the way to eat is frequent small meals six times a day, I just can't help laughing at their face because frequent small meals don't work for me. I have a few large meals. I don't want to keep on eating the whole day. And that brings me to how much fasting has helped me. Intermittent fasting keeps me so comfortable through the day. And it will only happen if I'm having a few large meals and fasting in the intermittent period from one meal to the other. Yeah, so that's about diet. You have to have a structured exercise regime as well. You have to maintain your muscle mass. As you age, you lose muscle. And yeah. Do you weight train? Yeah, I do. And uh, it's your plan. So so I know exactly what to do thanks to your plan. And uh, it helps uh, so much. It helps uh, even if I talk about it medically. Uh, weight training is definitely the way to go. Cardio should be bare minimum. HIIT only if you're, uh, for some reason, if Shweta recommends HIIT for you, then you should be. But don't do it as a weight loss regime. Weight training is much more important. It will help you maintain your, uh, maintain, you know, your bone health. A lot of different things. So you you have to be on a good exercise regime under the supervision of a nutrition and exercise expert. I'll leave the rest to your expertise. Right. So I think we are both aligned with the theme of uh, the season. Don't blame the butter for what the bread did. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, wow. That's good. So that was a whole lot of information, Dr. Siddharth. We're, uh, you know, really overloaded with this information today. Uh, but I'm sure that the listeners may have some more questions. Uh, where can they reach you if they need to get in touch with you? Yeah. So I hoped it would only be an introduction. I don't want to bombard you with a lot of jargon. If you need to know more about uh, plastic surgery procedures or about myself, you can go to my website, which is ambrosiaesthetics.com. You can also visit my Instagram handle, which is Prakash, And you can find me on Google. You just have to look me up. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. And for any questions regarding your diet and health, I'm happy to answer them on my Insta handle, Shweta underscore Bhatia. The topic of the next episode is intriguing. It's all about the weight getting stuck and the weight coming back. Catch my podcast, Mind Your Fitness, on BingePod, Spotify, Apple, or whatever other platform you get your podcast from.